SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Social conversations. Well, it's that time of the evening on a Monday where we are raising the bar. And all we simply want to do is make sure that we support and strengthen the resolve of all of us as A-teamers and South Africans who wish our country to be one in which integrity, right? And the rule is not the exception. Integrity is the rule. Not the exception. We should all have integrity. That's why we have Raising the Bar tonight. We are going to be talking about employees' duty of good faith, something that I'm very pleased we are going to be discussing, Um, not only for those who are currently employed, for those who are looking for employment as well, for those who are managers, for those who are running businesses, and uh, those who are in human resources. We're going to be talking to our guest, Penny Milner-Smyther, who is from Ethical Ways, and uh, she is also going to be joined by Carmen Ayob, um, a boy. Uh, Carmen's going to have to help me with her last name, actually. I apologize, Carmen, if I've said it wrong and I've butchered it, but you're going to have to assist me. Uh, Carmen is an attorney who specializes in labor law. Ladies, a very good evening to both of you. Good evening. Good evening, Patricia and the listeners. Good evening, Patricia. Good evening, listeners. Comment before we even go further, please help me. How do I say your last name? It's Abway. Ah, so simple. I'm going to be able to say it after this. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I'm going to start with you, no Penny. I mean, please explain to us uh, the relevance and significance of tonight's topic as we are helping each other to raise the bar. Well, um, maybe, Patricia, the way to put it is that over the past six weeks, we've been focusing a great deal on wrongdoing and how to respond at work in the face of wrongdoing. So tonight we're shifting our focus to right doing. Um, If we think about it, it's a very small percentage of people who set out to use their careers as a vehicle to achieve corrupt gains through unethical activity. The majority of us don't want to find ourselves facing disciplinary action at work, let alone criminal charges in the courts. Um, But there is a challenge, and that is when we enter the workplace, we encounter an endless number of requirements and rules, but we don't all receive training on our core obligations as an employed person. We tend to focus on what we require to do in terms of the tasks, the duties listed in our job description. So tonight, uh, Carmen's going to be helping us understand a different type of duty. It's something that unites all of us who are employed at any point in our careers. It's one that we accept when we sign an offer of employment. And we might not realize that we are signing um, agreement to fulfill the duty of good faith. I often call it a moral duty. Um, but I'm sure Common will describe it as a legal duty. Thanks, Patricia. Well, I'm so glad we have Carmen with us this evening because she'll give us the legal perspective, the legal duty. Carmen runs <laughs> yes. a labor law consultancy, um, which includes serving as an independent chairperson for disciplinary hearings. And the benefit of an independent chairperson is that both employers and employees can have confidence in the impartiality of the findings made. 
It also means that Carmen is skilled at seeing matters from the perspective of both employee and employer. Shoo, a person that is needed, a skill that is needed, especially when there's a dispute. So Carmen, please introduce us to the duty of good faith. Thank you, Patricia. So when we sign an employment contract, we as employees commit to fulfilling certain duties. And these are not just the types of duties that are listed on our job description, but what we call common law duties. Now, even if these duties are not set out in our contract, they are what we call implied. And it is important that we understand these implied duties. Otherwise, it's very easy to fall into the trap of not fulfilling them. Um, and this can obviously have potentially bad consequences, not only for our careers, but also for our reputations. Now, there are a few of these implied duties in law, but for me, the duty of good faith is especially relevant to the theme of raising the bar. Mm. So, Carmen, you have already used words and terms like contracts, right? Like implied duties. Help us understand this duty of good faith in a practical way. Certainly. So the duty of faith basically requires employees to consistently act in the best interest of the employer. If I could explain it in general terms, it requires employees to act honestly and with integrity and also to ensure that they do not compete with the employer, that they do not steal from the employer or that they do not defraud their employer. Mm. Now I understand it. Can you also please um, help us understand what this good faith would look like in practice? I mean, what type of behavior shows good faith? Yes, so it's really honesty in all dealings with your employer. Obviously, there's a, a host um, of examples that I could provide, um, but I believe that we demonstrate good faith the moment we walk into the workplace really on a continuous basis. Some examples would be recognizing that all property of the employer belongs to the employer and needs to be used optimally in the interests of the employer, dedicating your time and attention to the employer during work hours. And by that, I mean whether you are at work or working from home, maintaining confidentiality, bringing to the employer's attention information about any harm caused by oneself or even others so that appropriate corrective action can be taken against um, those employees and also not lying to your employer. That's um, another example. All right. At least there's the, the practical examples. And all these uh, border around integrity. Um, I think more than anything else, it borders around integrity. So uh, can, on the other hand, what would be some practices or examples of bad faith towards the employer? Or maybe let's start yes, with so the again, good the good ones for the employer as opposed to the bad ones. Yeah, so so the good ones would be the the examples that I've just provided you yeah. with now. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, the moment you step into the workplace, you would need to act in the interests of your employer. On the other hand, um, bad faith towards the employer. And again, there is a host of examples that I could provide. Um, just a few would be, for instance, any misuse of the employer's assets. This could range from using an asset for personal gain without permission to stealing it, be it a ream of paper, petty cash, or a high value item. Any misrepresentation ranging from calling in sick but spending the day on the beach with your friends um, to claiming a reimbursement <laughs> for expenses you did not occur, incur. Um, 
any falsification of information to put yourself in a better light than you deserve. For example, um, an employee may falsify information to get a better salary or even to obtain a, a bonus. You might also find that there's damage to the employer's property and that employee then fails to bring that damage to the attention of the employer. Um, divulging a confidential and sensitive, sensitive information belonging to the employer such as trade secrets is another example and also knowing of harm being planned or perpetrated against the employer and keeping quiet about it. Um, there obviously are consequences and that would be um, an employee would in those instances be acting in bad faith. Listen, as you're talking, Carmen, I'm thinking of other examples and they might seem silly, but there would be an employee who would be on the phone the whole entire day, right? And that's running up your employer's bill. Bad faith, bad faith. There are those who would get bad into faith. the kitchen and take cartons of milk to take home, uh, Toilet paper rolls. It seems so menial. It seems so little, mm. but it's bad faith. And there are those who'd be on mm. social media the whole day. Bad faith. Definitely. Minutes. Definitely. <laughs> and, and remember yeah. that, that stealing that, that roll of toilet paper, even if it's one roll, is theft. Mm. Um, it goes to the heart of the trust relationship, and it's, it's a ground for dismissal. Mm. Hey, teamers, so you've heard uh, examples of bad faith and good faith, and what we are saying this evening on Raising the Bar is that we want to to educate each other and remind each other of our duties as employees, whether you've started working or you're about to start working, about the duty of good faith, and I want to hear from you. Perhaps you've got some examples where you show good faith on a daily basis to your employer, or perhaps you've seen examples in your workplace where other employees employees are not showing good faith. They're showing bad faith. Give us those examples. Share those experiences with us on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. So now I'm getting the impression, uh, Carmen, that good faith is something we can demonstrate every single day, every single minute of the day, but that bad faith is evident in specific incidents that can then result in the employer being entitled to take action against the person who's showing bad faith. To even terminate employment, is this right? That is exactly right, Patricia. Um, and a breach of good faith is demonstrated in various forms of misconduct, like the examples I have provided the listeners with. Um, and obviously, where there is an allegation of misconduct, an employer may then initiate disciplinary proceedings against an employee for those allegations. And after affording the employee an opportunity to be heard and following a fair process, um, can proceed to dismiss that employee for misconduct. And ATM has just sent a question here asking, um, does the common law duty apply to employees who are in management position only? No, it doesn't. Um, the common law duty of good faith applies to every employee, no matter what position you are in. So whether you are in management or in any other position, the duty of good faith applies to you. So Carmen, uh, to su so summarize for us the best advice you would give an employed person wanting a reputation um, for being trustworthy. Maintain honesty and, and integrity in all dealings with your employer. You know, certain conduct is so obviously wrong um, and so obviously unethical and dishonest that we can hardly claim ignorance. Um, at a practical level, ask yourself, if I conduct myself in this manner, would my employer be able to trust me in the future? 
even if I removed my employer from the equation, would anyone be able to trust me if I conducted myself in this manner? And if your answer is no, then just don't do it. Hmm. Don't do it if the answer is no. I've got an ATMA on the line. Um, Lebu, good evening. Good evening, how are you? We're great, thanks, Lebu. I've got a Penny and Carmen on the line as well. No, I want to. I want to say thanks to you for the topic on the other side of things. Normally, we talk about how bad the employers are, but then today, we went on where we, as employees, have to show our own part of responsibility so that tomorrow we still have employment or a relationship at work. Oh, When you you were asking about uh, an example, may I share this one that I found on social, on Facebook? Go ahead. There was a truck driver who was found to be stealing petrol. He parks on the side of the road and then he starts um, filling um, containers and then he leaves. Before he left, some, somebody found him and took a video. Now, when we published it on Facebook, a lot of drivers were saying there's a certain Zulu phrase they use. They said, in Buzi, is a libel per corner, meaning a goat will eat where it is tied uh, to. That shows the big And if our um, um, as employees, we could invest on the future of our employment, making sure that whatever that is due for the employer goes back to the employer. Whatever is due for the customer goes to the customer. The relationship there maintains a future of employment. It's true. It's true, Lebu. Thank you for sharing that example. And, you know, what you have said now is that not looking at what employees do um, and always uh, zooming in on the employer is very critical because it, it also proves our our integrity on a daily basis. You can't say you've got integrity because you are walking into a, um, a church or a synagogue or a mosque. Now you are holy. It needs to be every single day, right? Yes, correct. When the employer says, I will pay you on maybe say month end, he's got an obligation to pay you on month end. But then when you sign a contract to say, I'll be waiting for those 26 or 24 days and wait for the salary till then, we shouldn't do uh, opposite of that. During the month, we come with behaviors, come month end to demand salaries. We have to work so that we can reap what we sow. I agree with you, Lebu, and I hope all our A-teamers are listening. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Penny, I'm going to come to you. Um, yes, what absolutely. Lebu, thank you oh. so much. And I think um, this need to look at ourselves as employees um, is, a, is a very important one. And in a way, in the theme in Raising the Bar, we've been saying let's not just hold government responsible. Let's look at the role of the private sector. Let's not just hold employers responsible. Let's look at ourselves as employees. At the end of the day, we can only change um, that which we can control, and that is ourselves. We all want sustainable careers. And the best way for that to happen is for us to be, as Carmen has identified, um, what's required Um, as the heart of the relationship, and that is to be trustworthy. Um, And I think every person out uh, there listening who's a supervisor, for example, 
with a number of people reporting to them can can list immediately this person I trust that person I'm not so sure about when this person brings me their sick leave form I have no doubt that they actually were sick when this person brings me a sick leave form I'm not so sure and I think that you you, you know um in in examples of misconduct we end up talking about people unfortunately facing disciplinary hearings but but short of a of an action that leads you to a disciplinary hearing is a whole lot of other behavior that just instills trust or creates doubt and that's what we're aiming to do as employed people is to be people that are trustworthy mm, very critical um, i am um, thought while I was listening to Carmen of the saying that people in human resources often use, they say, we hire people for what they can do, but we fire them for how they do it. Mm. And I'll say it again, because it's actually very simple, but pretty profound. We hire people for what they can do. And we fire people for how they do it. And it's a shocking reality is that at the end of the day, it's often not the skills we apply, but the behavior we employ in applying those skills that that is the difference between us having a successful career and not. Um, so being ethical is just a lot more than avoiding what might be on a listed on a disciplinary code that you get when you join the company, for example. It's a lot more than just avoiding stealing, for example. It's that whatever situation we find ourselves in, we must have this concept of good faith at the top of our mind. And one of the things about this duty, um, which Carmen has described from a legal perspective, and which I look at from a simple way of saying that these moral duties um, they're not just duties that you note, they actually require action. So for example, if we find ourselves in a situation where we know of wrongdoing or harm that's being done to the organization we work for, and we are silent about it, we are allowing that harm to happen. Um, and I'm linking back now to our previous discussions about the importance of speaking up um, and and exposing wrongdoing. And if I go back to what Lebo has just been saying, um, as the caller, it's in all of our interests for the business to be successful in the long run. And sometimes we have to do that which is uncomfortable. And sometimes exercising these moral duties is not a comfortable thing to do. It might be scary, but we need to do it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I'm, I'm, before we round up, I'm, I want to come back to you, Carmen. Should an employer find yes. that their employee is not acting in good faith, what are the first steps to take, especially in the small businesses where there isn't a huge uh, HR department? So what the employer would basically need to do is investigate um, that misconduct. So in other words, you know, speak to any relevant witnesses who may be, may be able to come forward with information and then proceed with the disciplinary hearing. It would be that ch charges would then be drafted um, and then a disciplinary hearing would be convened. Um, and obviously in that instance, you'd then get a chairperson to chair the hearing, um, to listen to, to the evidence and to decide whether the employee is in fact guilty 
um, of the misconduct and what sanction would be appropriate in those circumstances. All right, as simple Maybe. as that. Yeah, go ahead, Penny. I can jump in there and say that one of the challenges for small business as well is that there aren't many layers of management. And so to find someone in the business who can serve as a judge, as it were, an internal chairperson of a hearing, who can meet the kind of independence or demonstrate complete independence, that criteria, it's pretty hard to, to um, achieve that which is where this idea of acquiring the services of an independent chairperson to run the hearing so that the, you know, the business owner is not bogged down in that and they're not um, having to put their partiality aside. Um, it's, it's an important role that people like Carmen are playing. And I think it's something that small businesses need to be thinking about more is that there is potential to bring in outsiders to help ensure justice because that's really what we we aiming to do is to deliver justice for all the parties and fairness and abide by the law jolly hard for a small business person mm. and so this kind of resource can be very helpful with the little time we've got left, I'm going to quickly read this particular message uh, from uh, Nzinya, who's in East London. Um, Nzinya says, I would like to ask if a restraint of trade agreement is in good faith on the side of the employer, especially during the COVID-19. According to this agreement, after the termination of the contract of employment, the employer is not going to be allow, is not going to allow you to engage in activities that are mm -hmm. similar to those that you have done while you were still employed until such period of the agreement left. Is this fair and just in the era of COVID-19? Carmen, maybe you can give us the response to this legally. Yes, thank you, Patricia. So the restraint effectively, you know, prohibits the employee from one, competing with the employer whilst employed and two, you know, competing afterwards or becoming employed by a competitor for a period. Um, and it's usually a period of 12 months. And there's also an area um, which will prescribe the extent of the restraint. Um, certainly during COVID-19, you know, to restrain an employee almost sounds unfair, but restraints are not simple and they're not just simply imposed on employees. Um, and an employer must show that they are actually trying to protect some proprietary interest. Um, and, you know, in a court of law, the, the employee is not going to be restrained just because the employer feels that they should impose a restraint on them. But if there is a real likelihood that that employee is going to leave, you know, take trade secrets and compete with the employer, then in the, that instance, you know, the restraint is likely to be imposed. Okay. Um, so I, I, I don't have much time. Consider... I don't have much yes. time left. So I'd love to get your contact details, please, Carmen, for people to be in touch with you. Okay, so you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook and my website details are www.commonconsulting.co.za. Excellent. And Penny, how do our A-teamers get in touch with you? Uh, as well, LinkedIn, look forward to being in contact with more A-teamers and ethicalways.co.za. Simple as that. Thank you very much, ladies. Have a great evening further. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks, Patricia. It's 11 o'clock on the dot. Let's go to Greg Hose for the final news bulletin.